Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. What's happening, Rush Nation? It is Tuesday afternoon. We're back in your ear holes. Time to catch up with everything that's been going on with free agency. And again, as a tease yesterday, I brought Rich back with me. I didn't scare him off after our joint appearance yesterday. Rich, how uh, how you recovered from uh, last night's uh, four-way of action? Yeah, very good. It was um, it was interesting, wasn't it? It was a bit of a slow start, I think, as we sort of predicted. And I, I went to bed thinking, oh, there's you know, there's a couple of big signings, but that's pretty much it. And then woke up this morning, um, and yeah, there's, there's there's been even more big signings. So uh, so yeah, quite a busy day, all in all. It was it was a strange one because we were on the live stream and I was sitting there like, wow, when we did this last year, there was there was signings dropping in, signings dropping in. I didn't quite come in at the same sort of pace. So we ended up talking about <laughs> Trey Lance and uh, and Matt Jones and uh, a few other sort of random bits and pieces that we weren't planning on talking about because, yeah, there just hadn't been as many deals as we had anticipated. We get off and then you start to see one or two reasonable size bits just come in and then all of a sudden, uh, like the entire pass rush market pretty much has, has come off the board. So, um Let's catch everybody up for those that perhaps are trying to catch up and, and catch their breath. We're going to do this in a couple of different sections. We're going to talk about the major pieces of business first uh, and go into, you know, just to just catch up on the deals and, and what people have done. We'll then look at uh, the remaining players left um, on the board that we think are the sort of the top players and 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 sort of give, give you a bit of a precursor as to what might happen today. Then um We'll probably talk about one or two other bits and pieces, and then we'll end up uh, with me prattling on about every deal uh, from yesterday that was missed so that we can give every team equal love, um, because I think most teams did a deal yesterday, I believe. I'm trying to think of one. I'm trying to think of a team that potentially hasn't done a deal, but I'm struggling to think of one. So I'm I'm hoping that most deals, uh, most teams have done a deal Um I think maybe the Cowboys might not have done one. It depends what your class has done a deal, because obviously the Ravens, I don't think, signed anybody yesterday, did they? But obviously they signed the day before. Yeah. I think the Cowboys were probably the only ones I can initially think of at the top of my head. 
who haven't done anything but we can see um so let's let's get into it let's let's talk about the the really big ones so we talked uh about kansas city sort of sacrificing their their pass rush on one of the pods yesterday and um i think i talked about it on the live stream saying that this is a good time for teams to go all in um not the pass rush their offensive line and as as a result they have made a huge offensive line when signing signing joe tooney to a five-year uh, $80 million deal, uh, $48 million is guaranteed, $32.5 million is fully guaranteed. The difference is that third year of the remaining difference between the two, which is uh, $15.5 million is, is guaranteed against injury, but will become fully guaranteed uh, in his third year. So uh, it is essentially fully guaranteed money. So it's uh, a big, big signing from a team that we didn't expect to necessarily make a huge Splash. What are your thoughts on on this one? I think. I mean, let's be honest. The the Chiefs were shown in uh, in the Super Bowl that their offensive line was was a serious issue. I think we saw you know Patrick Mahomes rushing for over. I think it was four hundred and eighty odd yards behind the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, he's the best guard on the market. Hey, when you go and sign a stud. Is it a little bit of an overpay? Yes, probably. I think, you know, it's only Brandon Brooks is the only other guard, I think, that's earning over 14 million a year. So when you're resetting the market at a position, it's always going to be a little bit of an overpay. Um, a little bit surprised that the Chiefs have gone out and signed a guard and, and done nothing with the, the kind of tackle. I don't know if they're sort of viewing um, the, the draft as their opportunity to go and sign a tackle. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a it's a good deal. You've gone out and got an absolute stud that you're going to be able to plug in for, you know, three to four years. Maybe the Chiefs are looking at it that they're going to go almost like the Saints model in terms of pass protection, where if we can get some elite guys on the interior um, and trust that Mahomes can kind of deal with the pressure on the edge, whether it be evading or, or stepping up in the pocket, um, that you know, t- only time will tell with that, but. I think, yeah, go, go and get started. It's hard to ever not love it, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I'm of a very similar sort of vein for you in the sense of you've got a player, uh, you've got basically a player who, who let's, let's not kid ourselves, is, is an elite offensive lineman, but he is a guard. Um, and what they are struggling with right now is tackles. Um, I'm just looking at their depth chart. Their depth chart at the moment, looking at what they have at left tackle, it's uh, Martinez Rankin, who, if you don't know who he is, I don't blame you. He actually didn't even play last year. He set out due to um, taking a COVID uh, exemption. So uh, he also had a medical exemption at his combine. Um, He's a player who's sort of been littered with with injuries so we're not you know he was on the pup um previously as well he did come over in a trade from houston in 2019 but we're not talking about uh, uh, a left tackle that you want to be relying on to defend uh, patrick mahomes and, and on the right tackle they have prince tager uh wanugu who who was a rookie last season so you know you're talking about two players who uh, and again, Wanugu was on their practice squad. So we're not talking about, again, a player who they've invested a lot in. So you've got two players who have barely played in the NFL and they you're starting right and left tackle and there's absolutely no one behind them right now. So it's investing all that money into a guard, don't get me wrong, an elite guard, but what are you going to do at left tackle and right tackle? Because he is going to take up the majority of your cap space for that offensive line. Yeah, and I, I think that's where, you know, it's it's a decent tackle. They're going to perhaps double dip at the tackle position with those kind of premium day one, day two picks. Um, they are obviously getting, is it du- Duvernay Toddy, if I want to say, the, the doctor that was um, took the year out to go and be a doctor up in Canada. He's, he's back for them next year. So that's, you're expecting another kind of upgrade at right guard. So I think that they're, you know, they've solved, they've got solutions at three of the offensive line issues. Um, there's just obviously two very big question marks at both tackle positions, but still plenty of time to come. Yeah, that, that is true. So, uh, you know, definitely an elite player that they've signed anyway. Another elite player who signed was John Johnson from the uh, the Rams. He's now a Cleveland Brown 
to what I think is a pretty good deal. 30, 33.75 over three years, 24 mil guaranteed. Um, I think that's a pretty solid bit of business by by the Browns. And I think someone who is going to slot in and um, be a massive impact day one for, for the Cleveland Browns in that secondary. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's an incredible deal. I think when you're getting, uh, again, an elite player at a position, it's it's hard to hate it. But when you're getting it on, I think, a below market deal, I think, you know, when we were talking as a Jets fan, obviously we heard plenty about Jamal Adams' wish list in terms of his contract, and he was talking sort of 16 to 18 million. Well, you're getting a top tier safety here for, what is it, 11, 12 million a year? I think that's that's an absolute fantastic signing um and you know we we don't often see day one signings being sort of good value but i think this has got the opportunity to be fantastic value over the next couple of years yeah absolutely i think uh, cleveland brown fans will be happy they i know that a lot of fan, uh, browns fans wanted tooney um as i think jets fans did so um clearly there was a huge market for tooney that's why he got the deal he got but um, Browns fans will have to settle for for John Johnson, and I think that's a, a you know a nice piece to have for for your team. Um, as we mentioned, there was a lot of pass rush that kind of came off the board. Um, let's start with Yannick Ngokwe because you know he he's had a bit of an up and down uh, twelve months. He was Jaguar this time twelve months ago, who was then traded to the Vikings, who was then traded to the Ravens. And now he's a Raider on a two-year, $26 million contract with $22 million guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not not very often that a player's... I think he was with the Vikings as well, wasn't he? So four yeah, teams yeah. within the space of 12 months. It's, uh, yeah, not, not many players can add that to their their kind of list of achievements. But, you know, you, you know what you're getting with Ngokwe. He's going to be terrible against the run and he's going to be fantastic in those pass rush situations. I think if he can go to the Raiders and they can use him more kind of situationally, I don't think he's going to be a true three down kind of edge player. If they can sprinkle him in and, and enable to use, you know, Max Crosby and cleaning Farrell more on those kind of rundowns. Um, I think it could well end up being a fantastic signing for him and a fantastic signing for the Raiders. It's a little bit interesting that, you know, and I think you hinted at this yesterday and talked about it when he, he's only signed a two year contract. I did wonder you know, with the reasons why he left Jacksonville was because he wanted a long-term deal and, and then he's hit free agency and, and hasn't gone and signed said long-term deal. So it is interesting that he's only taking that sort of two-year approach. It is. I think I think you have to look at the market for him versus, I think if this is another year where you don't have, and we'll get to these players, Carl Lawson, Shaq Barrett, Bud Dupree, Trey Hemrickson, and he is a victim of of a better pass rush class than it, than there should be. Um, it's very rare you'll see two or three elite pass rushers make it to free agency in a year. We have, I think, six this year that you could say are top end, well above average pass rushers. And I think for him, he is just, as you say, because he's not great against the run, he is a victim of the market, not just the cap years, but just in terms of the fact there's just better players in the market. So I don't think he's going to get that. I don't think he was going to get that kind of deal. So I think what he's done is let me find a place where I can really showcase my talent. He's got no competition in Vegas for his spot. You know, that's another big thing. You know, he went to Minnesota. didn't seem like he had a lot of competition, but couldn't really get it done there. And he went to Baltimore where he did have competition. And, as a result, didn't stay there for that long. I think he was chasing a ring and wanted to contribute, which is which is fair enough. I think now when you've got the, you know, where you are with the Vegas Raiders, you've got this opportunity for him to really go out and then try and get another big deal in two years' time. And I think that's, and if he has a good year this year, it prompts the, re, the re-sign negotiation already because you're in the final year of your contract. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, you know, it's everything you suggest there, isn't it? It's essentially a one-year deal because that second year you're already negotiating. So the cap's going to go up by then. So hopefully, I guess he's thinking, play really well, get some good stats in Oakland, or sorry, Las Vegas, not Oakland. Um, and then, you know, double dip and get that big long-term deal. Yeah, uh, that, and that's what I think. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I think it's a good move by the Raiders. And I think it's pretty risk, risk-free risk as well. Um, let's talk about the Rams because we talked yesterday on the pod that they we would expect to see some cuts um, or some restructures um, from the Rams. Uh, and we didn't expect them to do anything. 
what they did do is to, is re-sign Leonard Floyd to a four-year, $64 million deal. Now, they are at this point in time, still, they're actually, you know, $36 million over the cap. They have to shed that in the next 24 hours. This Leonard Floyd deal doesn't kick in until the new league year. So that isn't going against the, the cap number. We're in a position now where the Rams today have to shed a lot of weight. And the fact that they've put themselves under more pressure by signing Leonard Floyd. Is Leonard Floyd that good a player to be worth the extra strain of the cap? And also, do you, what do you think their plan is? Because they must have one. Yeah, I think I think they you know they they've obviously got moves in place in which they can can make that thirty six million kind of deficit. They're not going to be in a position where twenty four hours before the, they need to be down, they're sort of trying to work out how to get there. Um, so I think they've got a plan. I'm fascinated to see what it is because looking at their their cap sheet, I have no idea. Short of completely restructuring Matt Stafford's deal, I have no idea where those savings are coming. Um, but they're adamant that they're not going to restructure Matt Stafford's deal. In terms of this deal, I'm a bit surprised at the numbers. I think Leonard Floyd, if I was to you know throw him in a pool with the other edge rushers that, that were available. I probably wouldn't have him any higher than four or five, maybe. And he's got the second biggest deal um, outside, obviously, after Shaq Barrett. It, it's, it's a bit of a question mark for me why you'd go and pay that for him. Um, but, you know, the Rams are obviously very much in win now. I think he's an important piece of that defence. If they're going to try and, you know, outscore opponents, you're going to need pass rush once you get up to go after opposing offences trying to come back on you. But, yeah, I think in terms of the contract, in terms of their cap situation, I don't see it as a good deal. But, you know, it's, it's a solid deal in terms of the player. Yeah, I mean, but now they're in the situation where they need to shed 50 million because they're going to be straight over the cap, even if they shed the 36 million today, um, which they need to. You know, this isn't a, oh, well, it'd be nice if they could do it. Then They need to shed that money. They're then going to go back to being whatever Floyd's first year number is. We we can guess that number is going to be somewhere around 14 million. Maybe it's less. Maybe they use the avoidable years. Maybe they use a vehicle, put a lot of that into signing. I don't know. Obviously, we don't know what the details are, but it's, it's not going to be much lower than eight. So that's another eight million you're going to have to find from somewhere to pay um, a, a pass rusher. When, again, you've got Donald on one side. So I get you want to have a second elite player. I, I'm with you. I think it's a bit of an overpay. Um, yeah, I think if if them re-signing Leonard Floyd means that they they have to let Brockers go, for me is is a lose situation. I think Brockers is a better player than Floyd. He won't get the stats, but I think in terms of how that scheme works, I think he's a better player. And, and if signing Floyd meant I'd lost Brockers, I'd be annoyed. Yeah, I I, I agree, hundred um, percent. Let's move on to to Tampa. They re-signed Shaq Barrett. We talked about uh, that one being a high possibility, and then it happened before the live show yesterday. Um, and then they, I reported in the live show yesterday that Rob Gronkowski uh, went on to uh, a podcast and talked about the fact that he wanted to dip his toe into free agency and now he's signing with the Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we all knew that that was, that was just a, a bit of a joke um, and that there he wasn't going anywhere, was he? Um, if we were talking pure numbers, 10 million, I know it's, it's 8 million guaranteed, isn't it? So... Yeah, it's, it's probably a little bit rich. Um, but when you take everything that he brings in terms of he's essentially another tackle playing out there in the run game, I, I think, yeah, it keeps Brady happy. It keeps him in town for another year and it's hard to, hard to hate it, isn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to let you take this next one. <laughs> so this is Corey Davis, um, who's re-signed, with the, or re-signed signed with the Jets on a three-year, $37.5 million deal with 27 million guaranteed. Um, so for those who don't know, I'm a, I'm a big Corey Davis fan, uh, have been ever since he was drafted. I think he is a very underrated receiver in terms of he's been in a, a run-first offence. I think he brings a complete skill set to the game. I think he, you know he's a fantastic blocker. And at the price, it was a little bit more than I thought he was going to get because I thought he would come in around the sort of $10 million range. Um, a year but actually when you see some of the the other contracts that got signed for receivers I think it's a fantastic deal Um, and yeah I think it's a a huge need for the Jets and and hard to do anything but love it to be honest what what do you think yeah I I think it's 
an interesting an interesting move i don't know if it's the one i would have done uh, as we sort of talked about yesterday i'm not sure if that's the one i would do is it you i, I think i'm i appreciate i'm higher on Corey davis probably than the rest of the world maybe except Corey davis's mum um, but i i just think that he's he's an ideal number two i do think that the jets have still got another move to make in that receiving core i do wonder if it's going to be a a land spot for somebody like a juju maybe we let jameson cut jameson crowder and bring in a, a kind of top tier slot um but i yeah I, I really like it compared to you know it's, it's a contract that we're going to come back to in, in a little bit um in terms of nelson Aguilar. but they're basically the same same money and i think Corey davis is a far better player um Moving on to the next um, kind of Jets signing, if we're going to stay with the Jets theme. Um, so that's another pass rusher that came off the board. So that's Cole Lawson. Um, so he signed for the Jets from Cincinnati um, for a three-year, $45 million deal with $30 million guaranteed. Um, again, I don't know what, what you think, Murph, but for me, this was a, another fantastic signing by the Jets. A tier of, of kind of the, the edge rusher price, um, obviously a little bit more than Yannick Ngokwe, but less money than Leonard Floyd and, and the next guy I'm going to talk about. Um, and obviously quite a bit less than Shaq Barrett. But I think he's proven that he's elite in a um, kind of shorter kind of snap count basis. Um, and I'm intrigued to see what he'll do if he can be used in a, a kind of a, a more heavy, heavy use role with the Jets. I think that Robert Sala will will be aware that you know he, he's still not fantastic against the run. He's probably not as bad as someone like Yannick Ngakwe. One season from Calvin Pace, I think we've not had a, an above average pass rusher since sort of John Abraham days. Um, so the Tennessee Titans answered what is probably the biggest need of any team in the NFL, I think, and they've re-answered their um, pass rush need by signing Bud Dupree from Pittsburgh. So it's, it's reported to be a multi-year deal um, worth $16.5 million a year. Um, I think, you know, it's it's essentially a, you know, a, a decent player. He's obviously coming off a bit of an injury, um, but I'm very intrigued to see what he can do in a role where he's basically being told, you're now the superstar. He's obviously been playing across from TJ Watt. Um, I'm intrigued to see how he's going to do. Um, now he's got that kind of number one role and he's being paid an awful lot of money to do so. You know, we talked about the deals for Leonard Floyds and Yannick Ngokwe and, and Cole Lawson. I wouldn't have put Bud Dupree as the top of that list, um, but he's being paid like it. Um, and then to complete the kind of edge rusher um, round table as such. Um, so Trey Hendrickson signed for the, the Bengals. Um, so he is uh, signed to a four-year, $60 million deal with $32 million guaranteed. Um, so that is pretty much, you know, very similar to the Jets paying Carl Lawson. I think it's a solid deal. Again, it's probably a little bit rich, but it's, it's about the going rate. Um, so, yeah, so hard, hard to hate it, hard to love it, but a big need. You're letting Carl Lawson walk out the door. You need to act quickly because that edge market was disappearing quite quickly. Um, so, I mean, there's there's five edge rushes there, obviously not including Shaq Barrett. I think that, the, you know, the teams obviously moved very quickly. It was very interesting to see the, the deals that were all in a similar range. But I do think that basically what I'm saying is there, I wouldn't have paid Leonard Floyd as much as he did. And I think that Bud Dupree was probably a slight overpay, but the other guys are, you know, solid deals. But then we're quibbling over one, two million a year. At the end of the day, it's, it's you know, the performance is going to tell over the next couple of years. Um, now, moving to the West Coast. Um, so the LA Chargers spent some huge money um, protecting their, their now franchise quarterback. So they signed Corey Lindsay who's the centre from the Packers, obviously had an all-pro year this year. Um, so they've signed to a five-year, $62.5 million contract. Um, very interesting deal for me, this. He's obviously not a particularly young centre, 
they've obviously lost Pouncey, who's been a kind of a, a stable part of that offence for, for a number of years. And I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen sort of at the back end of that deal in terms of how it structures. Because I think that if that comes out and it's sort of two, three years that are guaranteed and, and the back of the years are, are kind of team options, essentially, then I'd, I'd probably be a bit more favourable on this contract than it is. But again, you know, you're getting an above average centre. He was an all pro this year. Um, it's, it's hard to hate it, isn't it? It's, it's a lot of money to be spending there. But, uh, but we're good to go. Um, and then the, completing the um, Patriots spending spree, um, which was, let's be honest, quite, quite mind-blowing. So they've gone and spent um, an awful lot of money on Nelson Aguilar. So that's a two-year, $26 million deal. Um, I think the, the interesting, yes, this is an awful lot of money. Yes, they've um, you know gone out and, and paid probably above market, what we'd expect. But I think deep threats in the NFL are valued a hell of a lot higher than probably us as fantasy players think. I think we always think that Nelson Aguilar doesn't put up the stats, you know, the same way someone like a Robbie Anderson or, um, you know, Henry Ruggs being the first wide receiver drafted last year. But actually that, that deep threat offers so much more to an NFL offense than pure stats and yes it's it's it feels like a massive overpay when you know the Jets basically signed Corey Davies for a very very similar deal um but they you know it was a gaping need and I think that he will have a role and will be able to go in and, and perform for them next year and then the Patriots came back again to add to their receiving core um, so they signed Kendrick Bourne from San Francisco 49ers for a three-year, $22.5 million deal. Um, interesting signing. I think, you know, Bourne was a bit of a bit player, I think it's fair to say, over in San Francisco. Um, I think that he's probably a little bit underrated. Um, I think when he has been given the opportunity, he's certainly flashed. Um, but I do think that, you know, seven and a half million dollars a year is, is probably a little bit of an overpay I do wonder if had the Patriots waited a week or two whether there'd be a player in you know essentially a similar range um for a similar price or a, a lot less price sorry so intrigued to see you know what what the wide receiver market's like over the next couple of weeks um but the Patriots you know had a big need we all know that that wide receiver call was pretty awful um, and they've gone out and spent some money to, to address it. Um, moving to the quarterback position. So Washington, they obviously had a, a huge need, um, released Alex Smith. I'm not sure Tyler Heineke is the answer, but they've gone and drafted, or, or sorry, signed Ryan Fitzpatrick to a one-year $10 million deal. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not the biggest Fitzpatrick fan. I think him uh, him essentially single-handedly costing the Jets the playoffs in that, I can't remember if it was week 16 or week 17, um, game against the Bills. So I'm probably not the most uh, kind of level-headed person to be talking about Fitzpatrick. Murph, do you think it's a good deal? What, what do you think is kind of going to happen for Washington over the, the next year? Yeah, thanks for taking over there. Um, well, I think we've... With Fitzpatrick, I think he's one of these players. Listen, he, he is what he is. He's a bridge quarterback, right? Um, I think where you are with Washington, you're not picking high enough to get a guy in the draft. I don't think you can trade enough to get a good enough quarterback in the draft to get up that high. So what are you going to do this year? You look at the quarterback market right now. It's Mitch Trubisky, Tyrod Taylor, Brian Fitzpatrick. Or you roll with Heineke. You're in a division where it's up for grabs. We would say that the Cowboys are the favourites, but they were the favourites last year. Anything can kind of happen. The Giants haven't got better. The Eagles are in a in a rebuild year. So that division is is up for grabs. Ryan Fitzpatrick is good enough to win you the division. That division. I'm not saying an elite division, or I'm not saying he's good enough to win you a Super Bowl, but. He's good enough to win your games. He's better than what you've got. And he's a great culture guy. Great culture guy um, for you to see what you've got. And he might not get the job. Heineke might be him out. <laughs> like, I don't think you're looking at Fitzpatrick as this 
long-term solution to anything. I think he is literally going to be there a year and I think he'll then retire. I think he's just one of the league's great characters. I understand as a Jets fan why you don't like Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> and I get that. I think if he had done what he'd done to the Jets, I get it. But I, I think at the same token, I think you now just appreciate what he is. For fantasy, he's great. For just culture and fun in the league, he's just a great guy. I remember him coming in um, and and taking part in the start of the Buccaneers season. He brought more joy in that three, four game stretch than I think any Buccaneers fan had probably had in about five years. It's just because it's different. It's fun. Like he came out and was having a joke and having a laugh and he's got a great personality. And I think the league needs more people like that. So I'm, I'm quite happy for Fitz to get a job. I think Washington with everything they've got going on with all the political behind the scenes and they need a bit of a feel-good story. They had one last year with Alex Smith, and then even that's ended and looked badly for them. So I think having Ryan Fitzpatrick as a cuddly teddy bear and a mascot for a year, I think is 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 good PR. But I think he's he's good enough. I think you know he's. You look at what he did for the Dolphins last year. He was taking them to the playoffs. Yeah, I think for me, I guess my my worry is that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be fun. He's going to be entertaining. He's going to you know. Have, have a few good headlines but if the Washington are serious about making a playoff push this year at some point next season if he's the starting quarterback for 17 games he's going to have a complete blow up and it's probably going to come at the most important time when you when you need a win when you know if, if they're pushing for that third wild card spot and you know in week 16 week 17 or even the new week 18 um, if they're going to need a win, I just think that that's that's when he's at his worst. And to me, I, I get the idea of it. You know, it, it takes away the need. You can now have a best player available approach in the draft. If if you've not got a better option at quarterback, you can wait till next year to answer it. But I just think that if if Washington are serious about making the playoffs, for me, he he's just not gonna not gonna help you, and he's only gonna hurt you. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting to see. I I don't think there's a better option out there. Yeah, I think that, and that that's I think is the victim of poor succession planning, which isn't uh, Ron Rivera's fault. But Dwayne Haskins was expected to be the answer, wasn't it? You can't you can't spend a first round pick on a quarterback and expect him not to be the starter two years later. It's well, yeah, you know, I I think Ron Rivera had his doubts about him but he gave him the benefit of the doubt look I'm going to make you the starter you're going to be the guy you want the job you, you have to go and earn it and he, he, he gave him the job he didn't do it <laughs> so I think yeah I think you're in a situation now where you're in a bit of purgatory they weren't expected to win the division they win the division make the playoffs and now they're in real limbo because they can't pick high enough to get a guy I mean look, the, realistically the guy they have they've got a choice of picking there is is Kyle Trask so your options are Mitchell Trubisky, Tyrod Taylor, Kyle Trask, or Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know which one I'd have. Um, or, or it could well be that they they spend and draft Trey Lance, and and Trey Lance is the answer next year. I know uh, after listening to yesterday's pod, you might disagree, but, uh, but yeah, who knows? I, I, I respect that move. If they, if they draft Trey Lance where they're picking in the draft, and they get Trey Lance, I and sitting behind Fitzpatrick for a year, I don't hate it. I, I don't hate taking a quarterback and giving him the chance to develop. And I think him more than anyone needs to develop. And I think it would make sense to pair him with Fitz. I don't think he's going to be on the board when Washington pick. I think that's the problem. So I don't think they're going to have that option. I think they know that. I think they've signed Fitzpatrick because they've, they've made calls. They looked at the quarterback market in the draft and they don't think anyone realistic is going to be there when they pick. So they thought, well, we need to do something. We can't roll with Taylor Heineke for 17 games. So, and I think that's where we're at. Um, speaking of quarterback signings, New Orleans, as expected, have re-signed James Winston to a one-year deal, $5.5 million. Do we then think that, as a result, he is the starter week one in New Orleans? I mean, I was on record as saying there is no chance that Taysom Hill will ever start a game as a quarterback in the NFL. Um, so I've already got egg on my face with that one. Um, I mean, I'll say it again. I can't believe that they'd go with Taysom Hill over Jameis. But 
who knows? Let's be honest. From a fantasy perspective, if James Winston is going to be the starter in your Orleans, it's incredible because we know it's going to be incredible for him. It's going to be fantastic for Michael Thomas. It's going to be fantastic, I think, for Adam Troutman. I'm, it's going to probably be a net neutral, should we say, for Alvin Kamara, although much better than Taysom Hill starting a quarterback. Um, but for for the Saints in terms of winning games, I'm a little bit concerned. Although, you know, if, if you believe the headlines, he's had LASIK surgery now, so he can see, so he's going to stop throwing so many interceptions. I think with Jameis, it's, it was, it's coaching. It's head over heart. I've said this a hundred times with Jameis. I think he is with a coach and he's been a year with with Drew Brees. It's now going to be, has he learned from being humbled? And I think James Winston needed to be benched. I think he needed to be benched. I think he needed a year where he didn't do anything um, and learn and absorb. I think when he came into the league, he was a kid. He was a kid. And then what happened was he bought his own press, he bought his own hype, and he believed that he was the best super, the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he even said it when he left Tampa, it took the best quarterback of all time to displace me as the starter. That's a man who has just got the most ridiculous belief in himself with no humility to the point where he's like, well, actually, I need to improve, I need to learn. And that's why he kept making the same mistakes and making the same mistakes and making the same mistakes. And I think he needed to be humbled. And you're going to have either a completely different James Winston of someone who has learned and has accepted his position that he is not Superman and that he can't win games on his own. But you still have all the incredible mechanics and arm talent and everything else that he's got. Or you're going to have exactly the same Jameis. Now, if you have exactly the same Jameis, he's going to be great for fantasy. He's going to be great for watching and entertainment. And he's going to be an absolute nightmare for the Saints. And then he's going to be done. He's going to be done in the NFL. Because you don't go from Tampa to New Orleans to a third job if you keep making the same mistakes. And then he becomes back up in the NFL. Or he has learned from the experience. And if he learns from the experience, then all of a sudden it's, it's very different. Um, and he might be someone who is just less aggressive with the ball, which might mean a slight dip in fantasy, but not loads. But actually his upside is he, he could still be highly effective. And I think that all, all the characteristics, everything you'd want in the quarterback, with the exception of the mental side, is, is in James Winston. All the physical attributes, you were to draw a quarterback, he's probably as close to an archetypal type of quarterback you would, you'd want. You just need to put the brain in um, of, a, this, of a winner. This completes the cycle, doesn't it? I said yes, last year when he signed in New Orleans, it was a smart move for him. You know, it worked for Teddy Bridgewater that go be the understudy to Drew Brees, learn under Sean Payton, and then hopefully in a year's time, you're in a much better position to, to go and be a true franchise quarterback. And, and now, now, you know, the proof's going to be in the pudding, isn't it? Is he going to be able to beat up Taysom Hill? Is he going to be a starter that can keep the Saints relevant? Or, as you said, if not, it's probably the end of his career as a, as a potential starter and he just is a, you know, overpaid backup for the rest of his career. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I'm going to rattle through these last four um, sort of bigger deals. So, and I, I put one, <laughs> I put one as a bigger deal. It's not really that big. Jacksonville signing Carlos Hyde to a two-year, six million dollar deal. Um, Hyde's kind of bounced all over the league. He's been just about everywhere, and now he's going to be in Jacksonville. Um, I mean, I say it's a bigger deal. It's it's big because of it's a name. He might take touches away from James Robinson. What are your initial thoughts? I'm I'm not overly concerned, but it'd be interesting. I think for me, this is the best thing ever that could have happened to James Robinson. Because I think that this now, I, I can't see them going and drafting somebody. I can't see them going and spending money on another running back to sit in that room. So, so if you're telling me that, to start the next season, it's James Robinson and Carlos Hyde. I'm comfortable that James Robinson's getting 70 to 80% of that workload from that backfield, which means that, you know, he's now a, you know, I'm comfortable taking him in probably probably the third round of most redrafts. And as a dynasty, as a dynasty asset, I've been telling people to go and buy him for the last month. Um, and that window's probably only going to stay open for another week or two. 
yeah, I'm with you 100%. I think he's someone who is now going to be dominating that 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 backfield, and and Carlos Hyde is going to be a bit part. He'll come in when games are either heavily won or heavily lost, and and will come in and do a job. I think Hyde coming in as a blocker, really more than anything. yeah, he's a veteran presence that can you know can help. He, he's going to spell Robinson at times. He's you know been around the league, and, and you know you know what you're getting with him essentially, don't you? My only issue is. Canny Vulture touches in the red zone. That's the only thing I'm slightly worried about with Hyde. But other than that, I'm not, I wouldn't be overly worried. And as you say, I think it's a good thing for, for James Robinson. Um, just to go through these, Jack Denver signed Ronald Darby to a three year, $30 million deal, 19.5 million guaranteed. He was with Washington and Philadelphia. I think he's a cornerback that's potentially, I don't see past his best days, but he hasn't really lit it up as he did early on in his career. He was a player I wanted a few years ago in Tampa, but. He hasn't really kicked on uh, as, as we would have expected. His main problem is health. If he stays, if he stays fit through the length of this contract, then it's a great deal. If he can't stay healthy as, as he's played, you know, he's struggled with injuries the last I think, two or three years. Then yeah, it's, it's going to look like an overpay. But it's it's purely basically comes down to if he can stay fit. Yeah, and then you've got Minnesota Vikings have signed probably the best, the best nose tackle in, in, in the free agency class of, of Dalvin Tomlinson from the Giants. Two-year, $22 million deal. Uh, again, position need. I like teams that you know are knocking on the playoff door to invest in their trenches, and they've done a good bit of business there. And then Denver re-signing uh, Shelby Harris to a three-year, $27 million deal. I think it's good business by, by Denver. Um, so I think it's an interesting first day. Um, thanks for covering there in the middle. I was having some connectivity issues um, and I didn't want to reduce the quality it was interesting what you were saying I did hear most of it um, with regards to the the pass rushes so um, I think it's it's been a very interesting day and I think what's very clear is the position that was kind of a I wouldn't say ignored but we still have elite position is, is wide receiver so let's let's look at this list um, and what I've tried to do is just pick the top uh, the remaining players in the top 30 of the 101 best free agents ranked by NFL.com. Um, and then I've put some selected others who are sort of the best of their positions. Um, so the ones that we haven't heard much on today, Trent Williams, uh, Kenny Golladay, Jadavian Clowney, Will Fuller, uh, Curtis Samuel, Juju Smith-Schuster. So again, that's four top wide receivers in the top six. And Hunter Henry, we're still waiting to see what happens to him. Shaquille Griffin and, and uh, William Jackson, who are cornerbacks. Uh, Mitchell Swartz, uh, the tackle, and then the couple of edge rushers, Hassan Reddick and Justin Houston, and then uh, Jaywon Brown. Uh, thoughts on what might happen with this wide receiver core today? Does anything happen today? I mean, what, what do you kind of expect? I think I'm, I'm expecting to see maybe one or maybe two go. I don't think Kenny Golladay and Juju are, are gonna probably going to move today. I think that you're going to see them maybe sit out wait for that that big deal maybe try and drive a sort of a, a bidding war perhaps um i think there were some rumors that curtis Samuel had signed yesterday and then suddenly it all went quiet so i'm intrigued to see what's going to happen there i think it, it depends what teams are going to use him as i think if, if teams have got a plan for him it could be a fantastic deal and he could command a lot of money um but i think i would expect to see Curtis Samuel and Juju kind of happen quite quickly close to each other. Cause I think once Juju signs, that sort of sets the market for Curtis Samuel and, and vice versa. Cause I think they can be used in similar ways. Um, Will Fuller for me is the interesting one because if he's fully healthy, if he's, you know, he's obviously dealing with speedy suspension, he could be an absolute bargain to phenomenally for any offense, but it's going to, the teams are willing to take that risk and, and kind of take a punt on him. Yeah, I think I think they we're really waiting for the dominoes here. We've got the leftover of the rudge, of the edge class of of Clowney, Houston, Reddick, um, and I think these guys could all go today or tomorrow um, because there's not many of these edge guys left, and I think all these guys could get paid. Um, J1 Brown, I think, is the only real standout at linebacker left so he's been smart to let the market set it's not been a blistering linebacker class and it's not paid big money to linebackers so I think it's going to be interesting to see what he's willing to take I mean Trent Williams is by far the most interesting 
player because of what could happen. Um, I put here some selected other players. Um, so I've got here the selected other of this top 100. And there are more, and you can go on NFL.com and, and see the top 101 free agents um, that were originally listed before free agency. I've got Andy Dalton, David Andrews, the center, Anthony Harris, the safety, uh, Chris Carson, Eric Fisher, uh, who was released by the Chiefs, uh, Daquan Jones, and uh, Kenyon Drake, the running back, uh, Larry Okunjobi, and then Dominican Sue, who are defensive tackles, Gerald Everett, the tight end, Kyle Long, who's coming out of retirement and seems to be fully healthy at guard, and Mitch Trubitsky, who was the 101st rated free agent. Thoughts on any of these guys, where they might end up? What's kind of your initial thoughts to these guys? I think there's a couple, if, if I can kind of pick out a couple. I think Anthony Harris is a huge wherever he goes, you know, we've obviously seen the kind of safety market set. If he's going to go and sign somewhere for sort of 10 or $12 million a year, then I think that's going to be a fantastic, you know, signing. I think he's, he's basically shown that he's an all pro caliber safety in the last couple of years up in Minnesota. And I think that he could potentially go and be a, a stud and, and essentially a bargain. He's, he had a, an average year last year, but then so did that whole defense. Um, I think if you look at his sort of 2018, 2019 seasons, he was pretty phenomenal. Um, and then a player that I'm fascinated by, and again, showing my perhaps fantasy bias, is Gerald Everett. I think that he's shown some flashes in with the Rams. I think that he's never truly been used how he could. And I think that if an offence, you know, I've been desperate for the Jets to go and sign him because I think he could be a really good movable piece in that offence. Um, and I think that wherever he goes, if he's used correctly, he could be an absolute stud for next year. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Kyle Long would be interesting. I think someone will take a uh, a punt on him because he is a good guard. He's a very good guard. Um, I think you can get him cheap because he's coming out of retirement. Um, Dominican Sue is interesting. I um, would like to see him re-sign with the Bucks. It'd be interesting to see if he does and if they can do that. Chris Carson, I really don't know. I was kind of expecting him to re-sign with Seattle yesterday. Um, but he's not done the Jamal Williams I'm not coming back statement, which makes me think maybe they're talking. I don't know. But I think Chris Carson and Kenyon Drake are really keen to see where they land. Um and then I think Mitch Trubisky, I mean, I'm trying to think of the teams now that really need a quarterback. I think the fact that Carolina, I think Carolina, I'm just more and more convinced the more I read are going to go Mac Jones at eight. I'm just really convinced that's what's going to happen. So I can't see Carolina in that market. So now I'm thinking, well, where else is Mitch Trubisky going to have a hope of getting a starting job? And right now, I can't think of a job he can it's go Chicago, and that's about it. Which they're not re-signing him. So I can't think where he can go and get a job. If Watson gets traded, I mean, God, that would be nuclear. Imagine trading Watson and, and killing Chiritsky, and that might be the end of your reign as a GM for Nick Casario, who seems to be signing a lot of expatriate players, which is interesting. That's one way he's to... Been, he's been very busy, but very much lower-level signings. Is so, so it's, I think he's sort of seven or eight signings yesterday, but it's all... You know, two, three, four million dollar deals, isn't it? You're going to list a lot out in the next next section. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting what happens there. But yeah, I'm trying to think where Trubisky is a market now, and I think for him, he's probably the big loser of day one because I'm not seeing where he can get a job now. Um, maybe he competes for the Giants, Daniel Jones. I don't see it, but I think that's what he's kind of carrying on for now i think he is now going to be at best in the competition at worst a backup so it's not panned out well for him um so yeah a couple of other bits before we read out the the laundry list of the, of the rest of the deals um we've got two bits of news one i'm really keen to get your thoughts on which is um mostly and these trade rumors do you think mostly's going to go i i think you know we've we've gone and signed another um, kind of 43 linebacker yesterday with Jared Davis. I think to me that sort of signals writings on the wall. Um, if if Mosley does goes, it's going to be the expen- most expensive 
three quarters of football I think any team's ever played. I'd, I'd like to see him stay because I think he is, you know, a very good player that could be really fantastic for us next year. But, you know, I, I, it sounds like he opted out last year and it was really a case of he didn't really want to play for the Jets anymore. He's got his big payday and that's pretty much it. Um, so I do wonder if that is kind of the team are done with him as such. I don't think we're going to be getting anything great back in a trade, if I'm being honest. But it'll it'll be interesting to see. I'd I'd quite like to keep him, but if he's kind of done as a locker room presence, then then he's probably better moving him on. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's fair. And then we're also waiting on the decision on Von Miller. That decision has to be made today. There is a seven million dollar option that Denver can pick up. Stock seemed to think that it was something that they should do especially given the fact that the Chiefs don't have the tackles and if you can get at them then that makes sense um, I don't know I, I think again you've got a player the caliber of Von Miller if that was going to get done that would have been done by now that's my sound, kind of feeling it sounds to me like he's he's gone it sounds to me like he wants to be gone he wants to go and play for a contender and I don't think Sorry, stocks. I don't think Denver are that anymore. No. Um, and I think that it's probably going to be best for both teams if, if he moves on. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So that's what we're waiting on. We also are expecting the Rams to shed, I think, shed players and restructure contracts today. I think we're going to see the Eagles potentially shed some players today. I think you'll see the Falcons potentially shed some players today. Um we might see some little moves from the Packers, uh, the Bears, the Giants, maybe the Saints. I don't think they'll be majorly significant. Um, and then I think it'd be interesting, as you said, with the players we've got. So we're getting ready to have uh, a big day of free agency and stocks will be back tonight with more uh, updates on what's been going on because we haven't had any since we've uh, done this, which is good because I'm sure they're going to kick off not long after we've uh, done this. So, let me just spit through. Um, it's quite a lot of deals, so I'm going to go through this at quite a rapid pace because I want to make sure that you hit every deal and you can always go back and, and play this on like 0.5% or 0.5 speed so you can get all of these. Um, but Jacksonville signed safety Rudy Ford to a two-year $4.2 million deal. The Jets, here we go, signed Jared Davis to a one-year $7 million deal. He was previously in Detroit, didn't play a lot last season, but I get the feeling that he just wasn't used properly. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I know very little about him since he was drafted. Um, from what I've read in the last sort of 24 hours, it seems like basically he didn't fit into the Matt Patricia defence. Um, so basically wasn't used hardly at all last year and, and was a bit of a bit part. But I think that the first couple of years in Detroit, he seemed to be playing well. Um, and I think that the Jets, you know, it, it's a low risk deal, isn't it? Yes, seven million is a lot of money to spend on a project, but... You know, it's, it's a one-year deal. If it doesn't work out, we just move on and, and kind of look for another option elsewhere. But if we are going to let Mosley go, it could be a you know a, a decent replacement, um, a fraction of the cost. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Lions have re-signed linebacker Jalen Revis Maben, one year, two point four million dollar, fully guaranteed deal. Um, the 49ers have signed Samson Ebercom, who was a cap casualty for the Rams. Uh, Ebercom, if you've ever been to the NFL live events, he's done, I think, a couple of these. Um, seems like a really cool, intelligent guy. I met him. Uh, seems like a, a really, really nice down-the-earth guy. Two-year, $12 million deal. I think that's stinky good business. Um, he was part of that mental game. I think he was huge in that mental game where they played against the Chiefs, that 54-51 game. I think he scored a touchdown in that game. Uh, if memory serves me right. I think I've got a couple of interceptions as well. Um, <clears throat> Houston have signed uh, defensive tackle Malik Collins to a one-year $6 million deal. He was formerly a Raider. The 49ers restructured D4 to free up some cap space, but he's still getting two years at $24 million. Chargers are re-signing Michael Davis on a three-year deal. I think that's good business by them. Houston, as you mentioned, they've got a lot of these little deals. Safety Terrence Brooks, uh, former Pat and and Jet, uh, one-year, $2 million deal. I think that's more of a special teams, potentially sort of rotational sort of safety play. Texans have signed Justin McRae, two-year, $4 million deal. He was formerly with the Falcons and the Packers. 
Jacksonville have re-signed uh, Dwan Smoot, two-year 14, or Dwayne Smoot, two-year $14 million deal. Uh, this is quite a good one. Again, Tennessee building those trenches. Uh, Danico Tree, good player, um, from the originally from the Colts. Um, three-year, $21.5 million deal, but $9 million guaranteed. So, again, good bit of business there. New England have signed defensive lineman Harry Anderson, two-year, $7 million deal. Uh, he was previously with the Jets. Miami have signed uh, fullback slash tight end, and that is his official designation, by the way. Uh, Kevin Carter, I've never seen him play, to be honest. Three-year deal. So Miami kick their free agency off by signing a hybrid fullback tight end. Uh, he was previously with the, the Bengals. Um, Tennessee have signed offensive tackle Ken, uh, Kendall Lamb to an $8.5 million deal. Uh, he was a former Brown rotational tackle. Uh, Houston, I like this deal a lot, by the way. They signed Kevin Pierre-Louise, the linebacker, to a two-year $8 million deal. I thought he was very good in Washington last year. I think that's a, a, a really cheap deal for a very effective linebacker. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, he spent, spent some time with the Jets. Um fantastic on special teams um really good um kind of deal to to get at that sort of price certainly yeah i I completely agree um this is an interesting one denver have given running back philip Lindsay the low rfa tender very interesting that it's low and i think we both agree that's probably the end of philip Lindsay in denver yeah i you know we, we talked about it before the pod started i don't quite understand why they wouldn't give him at least a you know a second rounder um but this to me signals that he's he's probably done and, and he's probably looking for an option elsewhere. And, and if he can't find anything, then great, he can come back to Denver on you know a, a bottom bottom of the barrel deal. But I think his his days are probably numbered now in Denver. Yeah, I agree. Um, Chargers again reinforcing that offensive line. Uh, they already reset the market um, by having the highest paid center in, in football. Now they've got Matt Fleela going there for a three-year, $21 million deal. He uh, is coming over from the Steelers. Detroit making some cap space. Um, they released Chase Daniel, Danny Shelton, and Joe Dahl, um, saving nearly $8 million in cap space by releasing those three. Apparently, they were trying to shop Chase Daniel, and there wasn't a market for him. Shock horror. <laughs> Not shocked that they couldn't get anything for him. The Broncos did decline the option on Kareem Jackson, so he's going to hit the market, and that'll be interesting to see what happens. This is, um, I think, one of the strangest signings of the day. And in fact, this was missed by both Rapshi and um, Adam Schefter. Um, and I don't know why, but this is an important signing, I believe. <laughs> Giants have signed running back Devontae Booker to a two-year, $6 million deal. Yeah, it, it it'll be useful for the you know the the three snaps a game that Saquon Barkley needs to rest. Um, perhaps this is you know some potential cover if Barkley's going. to... I think Booker's a he's a decent special teamer, isn't he? So um, so he's going to get some play there. I think that's where he's going to go for. Um, speaking of bizarre signings, Jacksonville have signed wide receiver Philip Dorsett. Yeah, fast receivers keep getting paid. It's, you know, if, if you can run in a straight line fast, you're going to have a job in the NFL. So. Don't have to worry about catching. You've just got to run. <laughs> exactly that. I Safety's mean, got to stay over the top. Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, Urban Meyer's deciding that decoys are the way to go. Um, Houston signed linebacker Joe Thomas to a one-year, $2 million deal. He was previously with the Cowboys. New Orleans actually spent some more money yesterday and signed James Hunt to a three-year, $9 million deal, $5 million guaranteed. Steelers signed Cam Sutton to a two-year, $9 million deal. He's a cornerback. Uh, he's re-signed with the team. The Patriots re-signed linebacker uh, Dietrich Wise to a one-year deal. They signed 10 players yesterday, the Saints. Um, sorry, the, the Patriots. They were very, very busy. Um, easily the biggest players in, in free agency. Thoughts on their free agency market so far? It, to be honest, I've... As a Jets fan, I was delighted because I think they paid a lot of money for some average guys. I think that Matt Judon was, you know, some big money for an average guy. I don't think he's, you know, going to be a, a 10 plus sack a season guy. I think he's very good against the run. He's a very good, solid kind of number two pass rusher that sets the edge well but he's never going to win consistently one-on-one. So I think they've probably overpaid there. I think they've overpaid for Nelson Alicolor. I think they've overpaid for Kendrick Bourne. Um, 
So it's, yeah, very interesting. I, we talked about it yesterday, didn't we, that New England were going to be the team to watch, but I didn't expect them to come out and sign 10 guys. Um, so yeah, very interesting. Obviously, perhaps it's saying that Bill knows something about this draft class that we all don't. I think that is the hand that is, is being tipped. But I think as well, he's just brought guys in. I think he's just gone for depth, um, especially receiver. He's gone for depth. Um that reeks a little bit of desperation, but then I'm always loath to say that about the Patriots because they always seem to know something that we all don't. So I'm intrigued. I thought they did well on the defensive side of the ball. I think they did well with Smith. I thought he was the best tight end out there. Um, they paid him money, but I I don't hate the move. I don't love it for fantasy, but as a as a scheme fit and as a trying to win football games move, I 100% get it. It's just, I think they need to do, <clears throat> I still think they need to do more. And I think they'll, they'll probably still go big today as well. My thoughts, my thoughts on the Smith, I know you talked about it yesterday, but my thoughts were, okay, go, go and get it. And, and yes, I think he's, he's, you know, the top tight end on the market. I think he's a good team fit, a good scheme fit, but I just would have rather spent a third of the price to go and get Gerald Everett than go and set the market for Johnny Smith. Which makes sense. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be one of those things that I think you can't judge it on this year because of who is throwing in the ball. I think you see what happens next year, and it's that year two. If he all of a sudden goes big next year and the Patriots get back into the playoffs next year, then that move pays off. If it doesn't, then it, it won't. But the one thing I would say about Smith is of the, the tight ends there that were on the board, he's the one I'm more confident is a proper playmaker than the other two. So if you, sometimes you've got to pay to get your guys and when you've got the money, you might as well spend it. And maybe it's a slight reach, but I don't think it was an astronomically bad deal. Um, and I'm sure there's vehicles in there, knowing the Patriots, that there'll be performance incentives in there and things like that. Um, one final deal. And like I said, it's important that we talk about every single deal. Um, but the Dolphins... Um, didn't just end up signing a hybrid uh, fullback slash tight end, which I think is cool. Yesterday, they also opened up their free agency account by signing punter Michael Pallardi. So, you know, the Dolphins have got better in the punter position. Lee, that one was for you. You're welcome. That sums up every transaction from yesterday. We are now fully up to date. Tune in later for a catch up of all the transactions that go on today. Um, but Rich, tell everyone where they can find you and we'll get ready to do this again tomorrow. Yeah, so I'm I'm at Dynasty Island on Twitter and uh, yeah, look forward to hopefully having some more exciting deals to discuss tomorrow. Yeah, I think we will. I think tomorrow is, I think today's going to be the big day. Um, I don't think everyone's going to go off the board, but I do think, you know, we we sort of previewed 25 guys-ish that we're, we're watching. I think it'd be fair to say that 70% of those guys could come off the board today. Yeah, I'm really intrigued to see, bearing in mind none of these contracts are allowed to officially be signed, I'm really intrigued to see if another team tries to gazump someone and we end up seeing a team like the Anthony Barr with the Jets a little while ago, uh, a couple of years ago. I wonder if we see one of them again this year. That, that would be more than fascinating and a nice little twist. So as you say, although we've been saying signed, they haven't officially signed as an intent to sign but we'll see what happens. Rich, thank you very much for breaking this down with me. I appreciate it. Thanks for covering me while well. some technical issues and talking about the edge rushes. Um, Rush Nation, tune in later on today. Rich and I will be back tomorrow. You'll have stocks with you tonight. Um, but until then, Rush Nation, don't forget. to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County.
Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforumc.org. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.